Welcome to Vets to PM's Military Transition Academy podcast, the show where we discuss how to succeed in transitioning from the military service to the civilian workforce. This show and the academy it represents helps veterans transition into meaningful, lucrative post-service careers. Your primary host is Eric Doc Wright, PhD, Certified Manager, Military Veteran, Serial Founder, Best-Selling business author, philosopher, linguist, and coach. Your other host is Jeremy Burdick, project management professional, scrum master, product owner, and retired Air Force chief, and the current COO of Vesta PM and the Professional Development Unit University, where we will interview veterans successful in corporate America and business to bring you nuggets of wisdom every episode to make you more successful. Next, let's introduce today's guest. Today we have a husband and wife combo. We're starting with Bruce Thompson, who's an advocate and supporter of all things military veterans and military spouses. He's a retired Marine Corps Master Sergeant with a proven track record of working with diverse teams to accomplish projects and establish programs. Bruce is currently working with Veterans Ascend on a special project, and he also worked as the Vice President of Operations for Vesta Industry, co-chair of the Northeast Florida Community Veterans Engagement Board, a mentor on Veterati with over 900 hours, and a member of the board for Veterans Village. It's a homeless veterans tiny home project and multiple other groups and association. His wife, Neela Thompson, is a Marine Corps spouse and current chief of staff of Veterans Ascend, and she served as a family readiness officer for two commands in the Marine Corps and also served as the VFW Unmet Needs Coordinator and has been taking care of veterans for over 15 years. So tell us real quick about what is Talents Ascend? What is Veterans Ascend? What's Mission Ascend? Like just kind of walk us through core missions, core responsibilities, duties, et cetera. And most importantly, for the folks out there in MTA Podcast Nation listening and watching, what do they get out of it? Why do they want to be a consumer of you guys? Why do they want to tell their buddies about you guys? Well, let's start where where it all began, and that's with Veterans Ascend. Um, Veterans Ascend was created by a Navy veteran who, who got out several years ago, was told that her skills didn't translate, and she'd have to start her career over again. She's got 30 years of HR experience. That's Robin Grable. Um, When she recognized that it was still happening, she wanted to create a solution. And what makes Veterans Ascend different, there are no resumes, no applications, and no job boards. We actually take skills and match them to the skills that employers need. Now, we've expanded. We have two other branches. Uh, Mission 2 will be standing up this year, and that is for people who have been justice involved. And Ability Ascend is for people with disabilities who are also underserved in in that employment market. The the, um, umbrella is coming, and that's Talents Ascend. Talents Ascend will incorporate all three of our divisions and it will open up to the entire population with with the mission of serving our underserved communities. And that's the military and veteran community. And that includes military and veteran spouses and uh, military dependents 18 and older. It will include our justice involved mission and our disabled American vision mission. 
Wow, that's cool. I mean, it definitely makes sense the the veterans and the ability because you've got disability that makes sense to fit into that. Unpack the mission two one just a little bit. What is that? So, so mission two, when you've been justice involved, and and really we we've seen a lot of um, people in veterans court. Um, so sometimes they all like tie together. But people who have made mistakes, they've they've served time. When they get out of, of jail or prison, it's really challenging to to find that career. And some of the some of them are the hardest working people you're you're going to find because they have to prove themselves again. They have to show that that hey, yes, I made a mistake. Yes, I've paid for it, and now I'm I'm going to start my life over again. And we want to be able to help them do that. And and by using a skills matching platform. You know, people don't see if you're male or female, they don't see, you know, they see you for your skills. And that's the most important thing. What skills do you bring to the table? And what skills are you passionate about, about using? Because you can adjust your profile to, to make sure that your, your employment is something that you're going to be passionate about, and that makes you more productive. Wow. Yeah, great. Okay. That helps a lot. And so, Neela, that's really the key then is the, regardless of what demographic the uh, interviewee ultimately will come from, it's skills-based. So, hey, here's employers that we have relationships with. Here's the positions they're looking for. Here's the skills required for each position. Let us go find folks in our database that match those skill sets. That way, when they present to the employer, we've already checked the X and O block, right? Like, oh, oh, so in Bruce, go ahead. I haven't let you talk. That's unusual. So it's not us going into the system to find matches. Uh, it's an AI-powered uh, matching uh, algorithm. So you know, an employer puts in their um, position and lists all the skills that are required for that position. As the uh, candidates create their profile, they list the skills that they have and want to use in their next uh, career. So those are how it matches. Like for myself, you know, I, I was a 2800 ground communication electronics maintenance guy. When I get out, I didn't want to have anything to do with that. You know, I spent my time more uh, as the company gunny, the first sergeant, the sergeant major, senior enlisted advisor. So I got my degrees in HR. So I would not list uh, my MOS I listed more, uh, I pulled the Sergeant Major uh, MOS, I brought the Career Planner MOS, and then I sprinkled in a couple of different things that you know I really specialize in. And so that's where we are is you can, if you wanna continue uh, uh, doing what you were doing in service, we have the uh, MOSs, the ratings, the Armed Forces Occupational Code, uh, we have those in there. But if you're someone who's wanting to be that career change like many, uh, of us are, it leaves you with the ability to put in those 15, 20 uh, skills that you want to focus on for your next career. So this isn't, you know, us uh, being recruiters or uh, you know, screening the database. It's us making sure that everything's in there working. We have uh, individuals that uh, help the candidates understand and create a, a better profile for them. Uh, we have uh, business communications that talks to our companies about making sure, you know, they're using the system, they're putting all of the jobs that they want in there. And 
again, you know, we, we've got some, some great statements from those that it's been successful for. Uh, we ran into a spouse at an event. She's like, oh my God, I love you guys. My husband was struggling. He, he signed up with you guys and it was like less than a month. He was uh, on the job. Wow. Yeah. And that's from, that was from transition. He, he, he matched to um, a great employment opportunity in Baltimore. You know, he was, he was in the Jacksonville, Florida area and he matched to the position and they were planning on moving to that area matched to the position interviewed. And while, while he finished up his transition, he was able to go there and start working at, at that position, which, you know, without that connection, he might not have ever found. So it's important to know that we don't scrape jobs off of the internet. Employers um, put their job profiles and it takes under two minutes for them to create a job profile. Um, they put their job profiles in there, they hit that enter button, and they already start matching. They can contact our candidates directly. They don't have to, to contact someone at Veterans and Send said, hey, I like this. No, they don't have to do that. We've tried to make it um, very simple on both sides. So one, you're not, you're not having to create, as a candidate, you're not having to create resumes. You're not trying to fit yourself into someone else's box. You know, when you when you create a resume for a job profile, you're trying to fit yourself into what they want. And that's, you know, that's why you have to fix the wording. You have to do all, all of the, you know, make sure your skills are lining up with what, what they're looking for. With our program, you're building your own box. You're saying, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to do um, in my future career. And a lot of times that will align you with um, opportunities that you didn't even think that you were capable of having because yes, it might be with, you know, this financial organization or this construction organization, but these are the skills they're looking for and you have them. So you can actually get into this industry that you weren't even thinking about and be passionate about what you're doing. So does the system or somebody there or somebody that you're partnered with or something have the capability to get them a resume? I mean, they're going to need one when they show up to the interview, right? Oh. Uh, no, we've been working with our employers to, to use the profile as the resume instead of ask. We're, we're trying to eliminate the resume completely okay. because really, I mean, it's a burden on both sides. I've been a hiring manager. I've had the stacks of resumes that I've had to go through and you're not really finding candidates there. You're finding applicants. And there's a huge difference between that. An yeah. applicant is someone who, who applies that doesn't necessarily have the skills. We're a candidate, we know they have the skills. Nice so we're, yeah, we're saving a lot of time on both ends. I like the distinction there where you talk about, you know, a candidate versus an applicant. So just because you have an application and you put it in doesn't really mean that it's a skills fit for you, nor does it mean that you will even enjoy that job if you did get that job. So uh, I like that you're making your own box, you're, you're eliminating a, I don't know, a, a hurdle, if you will. Um, and then you're also trying to job skills match, hopefully where somebody is going to be happy in a place where they didn't even think about, you know, they didn't even realize, Hey, I, I've never done construction before. Yeah. You're not doing construction. You're doing the HR stuff in the back, making sure their construction works. So I like that. That's cool. Yeah. 
You know, I think that's a good, Jeremy, I think that's a good point too. Uh, and Bruce started to allude to it. So Bruce, we'll ask you real quick, you know, so I don't need the whole 20 plus history <laughs> year history, but just, Hey man, I was a Marine. Like, just tell us a little bit about your service. Tell us about how that tr is translated today, because it's so amazing. Like when I ran into you guys a couple of weeks ago, um, over in Orlando at the, uh, uh, veterans, Florida shindig, right. Um, you know, you heard Bruce say, Hey, I didn't, I didn't pull my ground electronics guy, MOS skill set thing. What I, what I went to was my Sergeant major duties, responsibilities, roles. I went to my HR stuff. And so Bruce, you had to make that connection that yes, I was Sergeant major. Yes. I was gunny. Yes. I was all these things, but Oh, to a civilian, they have no idea what that means, but right. they know what an HR professional is. And if they're hiring for one of those, they know exactly uh, how you fit and how to interview you. But I think what I'm hearing from you guys is that the, the veterans ascend is they don't have to guess at what career fields they might be qualified to go into, right? They don't have to get lucky and have that realization that you had, Bruce, that, hey, yes, I'm the master sergeant or the sergeant major, but that means HR professional. Yes, I'm the senior enlisted advisor, but that means care and feeding for the troops. Okay, cool. I'm an HR professional, right? So it sounds like that kind of gets bridged. So tell us a little bit about the service and then, you know, where you're at now, and that'll give us that bridge. So others can see that bridge, find you guys at Veterans Ascend and, and use your skill set match. Yeah. And so uh, I'll tell you, I have a common uh, background. I entered the Marine Corps as a motor vehicle operator. I did that for about a couple, maybe two months, and I got pulled over to be the maintenance management um, clerk. Once I got pulled over there, hey, I understood the computer systems. I understood how uh, the, the program worked, uh, picked it up real quick. I stayed there. Uh, I, I moved on from uh, 20 Palms, went to Cuba. As soon as I checked in, I had previously inspected the gunny. He's like, oh, yeah, you're not an operator. You're your maintenance as so last you know, before we even got to the, the shop, I'd already been moved from operations to maintenance. Uh, I went to the next, I, I took over as a uh, training NCO for a squadron. And then I did my first reenlistment at that reenlistment. I did a lateral move into communication electronics maintenance. Uh, as soon as I went there, I went to independent duty where it's uh, active duty Marine training selected Marine Corps reserves out in the uh, middle of uh, America, where you don't expect to see a bunch of individuals. And I walked in and it was, hey, great, you're a comm guy, but we want you to run this network. Oh, by the way, we also need you to be one of the uh, armory guys. Oh, and we need you to do Toys for Tots, and we need you to do this and that and this. And it was Marine Corps model, grow where planted. Uh, just so, okay, you know, what do I got to do? I went through, I did it. Uh, after that one, you know, I went uh, to intermediate school, came back out with another MOS because I like to collect those apparently. Um, and, and I got back into it and it became more of the, yes, I'm really good at the maintenance side. But what I love doing is the, the human side is taking care of the Marines, taking care of uh, the sailors that are assigned with us, you know, making sure that there's a growth opportunity for them, that the mentoring is provided. And 
you know, that's where I became, you know, I, I was a mass sergeant, but I, I filled the, you know, company, uh, uh, gunnery sergeant role. So, you know, logistics chief for, you know, companies of two to, uh, 500 Marines. I filled the first sergeant role, you know, again, I, uh, I had a, a company of about 150 and then I had a company, uh, it was about, you know, 200. So, and I did that garrison and deployed. And then I got sent, you know, Hey, you know, congratulations. You just got back from deployment. You're going from, you know, San Diego to Kansas city, Missouri. And, you know, this is where me and Neela had that whole conversation is, am I doing a geological bachelor tour where I go and the family stays put because she had a great job or, you know, is, is this going to be there? I, I think I'd been there probably four or five months before she actually was able to join us uh, there. So it, it's those crazy PCS moves and, you know, what are we going to do? Where, where are we at? And, and so when I got out, you know, I'd serve, you know, even though I was, I was a mass sergeant, I served as sergeant major for um, combat logistics regiment 15 and basically it was if the start acting or the actual sergeant major was gone for more than a month uh you know instead of bringing somebody else in it was hey we'll just go talk to thompson down the hall and that's because the colonel and i had a great relationship and he trusted me you know then i went uh to independent duty out in kansas city and the sergeant major we had was retiring and there's going to be a gap between his retirement and the replacement getting in there. So as the senior enlisted uh, uh, that was in the, on site, hey, uh, not only are you going to do all your comm stuff, but you're also the sergeant major on top of all that. And, you know, here's 45, you know, staff members and a company of 300 that, you know, you're, you're now going to add to your, uh, your duties. And while I was going through service, I was, I got smart. Uh, around my decade mark and started getting to school and went and got a couple of associates, got my bachelor's, got my, my MBA, you know, and the bachelor's and uh, MBA are both in human resource management because it's the people business. And the one thing we're always going to have is people. So it's things I like and I enjoyed. And, you know, I did the ACP mentorship and I learned about the side of HR that I don't want to have anything to do with. And then I learned about the side of HR that I absolutely love and have a passion to do. And when I made the transition, of course, I do what everybody did. You know, had a military headhunter come out and say, hey, we got a perfect job for you. I looked at the uh, job description, said, yep, it sounds like everything I've been doing. It's going to pay me six figures on day one. Let's go out and have it. I went through the interview process. I got the job. I did it for four weeks. It was the easiest job I've ever had in my life, but there was no purpose. I had no passion for it. Uh, I worked uh, second shift, so 2 p.m. to midnight, so I didn't see Neela. My PTSD was at an all-time high, and she's the one who helps calm me down and, and smooths that out for me. And by not being able to see her, it just started adding to it. Uh, I only stayed at that job for four weeks because I was headhunted off of LinkedIn to work on a, a couple of Navy contracts. You know, had we won those contracts, I would have been the program manager for them, and we'd probably be talking a completely different story, and Neil and I wouldn't be in Jacksonville, but you know, it's contracting. We did that for nine months, and they said, oh, we didn't win the contracts. Goodbye. And I spent you know, the next you know, six weeks, 
not really leaving the house, not really doing anything. Uh, you know, it's me, the pup, uh, taking naps and watching TV. And, you know, neither side, that's enough. You know, told me, hey, I got to get out the house and do something. So she was not very detailed on those instructions. So I put my earbuds in. I was at the golf course, you know, par three, and I'd play 18 to 36 holes, depending on the, how busy the course was and how my body was feeling, and not talk to a single soul. After she figured I was doing this for like a week or two, she's like, okay, not what I meant. You know, we took care of finances. You know, the kids were out of the house. We, we didn't have uh, any bills. Money's not the option. Go find something you love to do and go do it. Uh, and with that one, you know, I, I was like, okay, you know, I applied for three different roles, uh, two of them were on base with the transition office. Well, one was transition office. One was uh, community support where I'd be teaching workshops, uh, you know, Frank and Cubby classes and such. Uh, the other one was basically the logist logistics manager for all the transition workshops. And then I uh, had the third one, which was to be a DOL uh, three-day employment workshop facilitator. Well, this was back in 2016, 2017, when the government said, we're going to do a complete hiring freeze. So two of those three jobs were off the table immediately. Uh, one of those two was already mine. I just had to go through the process, but I was already you know, hired for it. So I interviewed and was... Uh, given the, the opportunity to be a Department of Labor Employment Workshop facilitator. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I did it. Uh, when the hiring freeze came off, both, both positions reached out for interviews, and I'm like, no, we've already uh, committed to this, and I wasn't going to jump that quickly. I did all over Southern California, uh, Twinan Palms, Camp Pendleton, Miramar, uh, MCRD San Diego, but the crazy part was, I'm a Department of Labor employment facilitator in Southern California, living on Camp Pendleton. They had like 11 or 12 workshops each week. I was selected to go down and teach all the uh, retiring Navy uh, their transition. So I went down to Point Loma the whole time. Uh, absolutely adored it, loved it. Uh, but again, Mentally, I still was, uh, San Diego was too crowded. Uh, it took forever to get any place. It was expensive. So, you know, Mila came up and asked me one day, she's like, hey, the, the lease is up in six months. What are we doing? I said, well, we're not going to resign it. And, and that was the, oh, well, I guess we better figure out where we're going to live. Uh, and, you know, Neil and I, you know, we, we go back, uh, through high school so we, we know each other 30 plus years so you know us figuring out where we're going to live wasn't as hard as most uh, couples are uh, we you know, printed out three maps uh, i took one uh, she took one she went into another room probably within like 10 minutes we came back uh, my map had seven her map had six the only one that uh, the six that she had were on my list as well uh, the seventh one was Nashville because that's where she was when we got married and I stole her back to San Diego. And it was like only on my list to support her. And, and when she said, you know, I didn't want to go back there, I was like, thank goodness, because uh, I didn't want to go there either. It was just, 
you know, it was there. And we quickly kind of went through those six and we picked Jacksonville probably in less than five minutes. And then it was okay. Time to research and figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, we treated it like a, a, another PCS move where, Hey, we don't know anyone. We've never been here. We'll figure it out. And we've now been here five years and I, I think we figured it out quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so going back to marry these two topics, right? So we were, we opened the show talking about skills, right? And that piece of the transition. And then we, uh, Bruce, we talked about you figuring out like, hey, I have this skill set. Those are the skills I like. It's the people part of the gig. I want to do people part. Okay, what's that called in the civ that that's called HR? So that, that realization uh, and your guys' skill set thing is what I think is really key for folks listening and watching, right? Because here's the reality. I don't care if it's the Marine Corps, the Navy, the Air Force, the Coast Guard. I don't care if it's Coca-Cola, USAA, some mom and pop shop, dry cleaner on the corner, a barber shop. Businesses all have kind of the same problems. Big organizations all have kind of the same problems. I got people problems. I got money problems. I got sales problems. I've got logistics and pipeline. You know what I mean? There's like six or eight areas of a business that always have the same problems. The only thing that differs is the scale. So for service members listening, for folks transitioning, for vets already out on this side of the, the, the transition fence, what Bruce was talking about, uh, use the veterans as sin site, plug your skills in there. Think about, okay, write down on a piece of paper, list all the stuff you loved about your service, List all the stuff you hated about your service and then never look at the, the job announcements to have the hate stuff at column at all. You get to pick what you want to do this time, right? It's not the needs of the Navy or the needs of the Corps or the needs of the Army. It's the needs of Bruce. It's the needs of Neela. It's the needs of the Thompson family. That's who it's the needs of now, right? And just think about, okay, I like the people part. Okay, what were some of the problems I solved? Talk about it in very uh, general statements and the hiring manager that Neela mentioned, the hiring manager will get it. Like, hey, we have some of those problems too. You solve some of those problems. Can you tell me more about the solving of those problems? I'd love to, you know, we'd love to hire somebody that could solve those problems for us. So how do they, uh, how do the folks listening and watching, how do they find Veterans Ascend? What, where's this piece of AI software live that they can get at it? Easy enough. It's veteransascend.com. Um, and whichever platform they go to, they're they're always going to find the AI powered platform that we have. You know, we're we're very um, easy. Everything we do is easy. So signing up is easy. Finding us is easy. Um, creating your profile in in under fifteen minutes. It asks you. You know, we've built the libraries for all the military occupations, but those are just stepping stones. Those are just to help guide you. You know, what was my role in the military? These are some of the skills associated. But, you know, you heard Bruce talk about, I told him to go find his passion. We are all about finding your passion. We believe in, in having that workplace environment that you're enjoying because, you know, when you, you have a positive work environment, you're more productive, which is better for the business because that means you're more productive for the business. Um, so I always recommend, I always mentor our candidates to adjust their skills to focus on their passions. 
So the, those uh, skills libraries that we've built for military occupations, for civilian occupations, those, those are just to help give you a ground base. You know, and I think that's really powerful too. If you're talking about something you want to do, if you're talking about something you're passionate about, that comes out in your voice. That energy comes out in your voice. It comes out in your demeanor. It comes out in your bearing, right? I mean, and I, and again, that's just an intangible that the hiring manager may not realize they're seeing it, but they sure realize they're in an interview where that's missing. And, you know, in their head, they're just counting the minutes until the interview is over. Like, oh my God, I could have been at the dentist. What am I doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and one of the things, and you can tell I'm passionate about, about what we do, because when when I met Robin and she told me about the platform and how it, how it worked, I was blown away. It's truly the future of hiring. You know, how long have we been struggling with the hiring process? And, and here's just a, a simple way to get people to meet. And Bruce and I are all about making connections. We're all about making you know, introducing this person to this person in order to further their success. You know, that's what we do in our professional work. That's what we do in our personal work. And that's what this AI powered platform does. It skills matches and connects, it connects people. So it's one of my passions. <laughs> uh, it suits me. It's pretty cool. You, I come from the Marine Corps side of it and we believe in the keep it simple, stupid rule. So that that's where they're at you know it's it's not something where you're going to go in there and have you know a million questions to fill out it's pretty straightforward uh again for those that uh have questions we do a for one of our team members that's a, a weekly walkthrough that explains it and helps you know how you build your profile and really look at the the skills that employers are looking for you know we can all go out and uh you know we're military so we're all flexible we're all adaptable we all have leadership. We understand, you know, following rules and regulations and policies. Okay, those aren't the things that you really want to focus on. Those are the things you have uh, as far as soft skills. But we want to know some of those hard skills and just some of that, that passion skills. You know, and, and I can go out there and troubleshoot radios. Been there, done it, check the box. What I love doing is connecting with people and be able to say, you know, are you networking yet? You know, hey, you're two years out. Have you started your transition thinking yet? And a lot of don't. A lot of people I, I talk to on uh, mentorship and just through conversations, they're, I have no idea what I want to do when I grow up. You know, and I tell them, well, personally, I, I don't worry about that because I'm never growing up. But this is something that we have to figure out, you know, so we can kind of get them from, I can do anything. I can do anything is great. But no one's looking for you with I can do anything. Now we come back and we talk about those great skill sets that they have, that they've learned, whether that's from their military service, as a military spouse, uh, with their volunteer work that they've done uh, with different programs while in service, or the, the entrepreneurial like mindset they have. And it's like, no, I want to go be part of this. And, and finding those and listing them Oh, that, you know, like Doc said, you know, the, you, you see the eyes open up, you, you see the voice start to get a little bit more, you know, uh, passion filled, you start seeing the body motion a little bit more in the hands and everything coming into it, because it's just like, yeah, I, I want to be in it. So 
that that's an awesome part. Um, again, you know, I I don't put my name on something unless I'm a true believer in it. And you know, just those that are wondering, Neil is my boss. You know, both at home and at work. It is you share that passion. You know, it flows. And you know, our entire team uh, is made up of veterans and military spouses. You know, you have to be in our database because that's where we find, you know, our employees is through our, uh, you know, AI powered system. And I'm telling you, we find amazing candidates. And it, it's, it's a hard decision to figure out, you know, who's number one in, in getting an offer and who's number two and having to say, you know, not at this time to. Yeah. Well, and you bring something, I, mean, I, I know we kind of flew by it, right? So for any other listeners out there, when, when you're listening to Bruce and he talks about, hey, he's hitting the par three course and he's avoiding people, maybe not even intentionally, but he was avoiding them. Uh, he got stuck in, you know, on the couch watching cartoons or whatever, avoiding people contact. The, the very thing that he says he loves to do, right? So um, thank God he had a Neela there to kick him off the couch and get him out of the golf course and push him back towards what he loves passionately. I've kind of see this veterans ascend is everybody else's Neela, right? I mean, it's, it's going to match you up with your skills that you love versus you getting in your own head, whether it was PTSD, whether it's depression, whether it's something else that's affecting you, that's preventing you from doing the things that you love doing, go check it out, go see if it matches up with your skills, go get back into the things you love. Because it's the number one thing that um, most psychotherapists would tell you is go find the things you like and go do more of that. And stop doing the things that you know that you shouldn't be doing. You know, I mean, it, it's pretty simple when you say it out loud, but it's really, really hard when you're in the moment. So uh, thanks for sharing that, Bruce. I think that was courageous, uh, you know, as far as giving us a window into the past, but then kind of showing us how the transition took place. Uh, it's impactful. Yeah. It, and, you know, for me, it was the PTSD, the depression, the anxiety, uh, a lot of that hey, look, I had this first job. It wasn't that great. Um, I went to the second job and, you know, I was going to be the, the boss. You know, I was going to open my own office, hire my own staff. I, I was going to be able to go through and interact with a lot of different people. And then when it kind of came down, it was kind of like, well, I don't really need to work. You know, and I guess got into that space of frustration is what uh, it all came down to. And, and once you take those couple of days off, you know, and you're like, well, hey, this ain't that bad. And it'll catch up to you. And, you know, Neil was a family readiness officer, so she was working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Um, it, it's a trap that a lot of people who don't find initial success fall into. And that's that's something that, you know, you know Veterans Ascend, Talents Ascend is changing. You know, it's it's not hard to find those matches. And of course, you know, we're a startup. We've been around for four years, but COVID took two of those years from us. So, you know, we're just, you know, really kind of getting growing and bringing it all together and, and doing that full push to get out there and let, you know, more uh, service members, uh, you know, with ability to send, you know, we're going to let more individuals with disabilities know that we're here. And the same thing on the employer side, you know, not all these companies know that we exist. So it's going back out there 
Center and it's having uh, those demonstrations and you know, anybody who is uh, an employer and thinking, hey, this might be a good platform for me, you go to our website and you can request a demo and you're going to go in there and it's going to schedule uh, an appointment with our business development team and it's going to have you, hey, this is how we do it. Uh, ask questions. You know, it's, it's not go watch this video. It's we're going to schedule a time where we can actually get together uh, on a video like this and explain what we do, why we do it, and if it's for you or not. So, again, you know, we just have this awesome product and it's getting it out so it's better well known. Uh, you know, we happen to, to attend a uh, onward opportunity with Syracuse University this morning told their workshop about it. Uh, you know, we'll attend others uh, throughout the, the area. And you know, it's, it's nationwide. It's not just something we're doing here in our region. No, it's nationwide. And we actually have a candidate in every single state. Cool. You know, it's amazing. You talk about you, I don't know if you guys ever sense this, but J, JB and I on a team at Best of PM, I mean, we're in this working every day. We're, you know, hundreds of veterans a month, uh, transitioning service members a month coming through DOD Skill Bridge, dozens of companies a month signing up to host people. And then you stop and realize, wow, so we thought we were doing good and having a large reach, but there's 30 million companies in America. Like, whoa, that's less than half a percent. Holy cow, man. What a, you know, there's, we just made base camp, baby. The summit's still, you know, uh, 10,000 feet away from us. So, I mean, but what a neat problem to have, right? What a what a yeah. cool realization to have. It's like, hey, well, we just made base camp. We've got a lot more climbing to do, but there's lots of opportunities along the way. So, uh, so how uh, uh, what things uh, can we and folks listen and uh, do to help you guys get that word out? Like, if there's uh, any education services officers listening or DLL folks listening or whatever, I mean. Would they, would they be the employers or would they contact you guys for, uh, would they be business uh, development team contacts for them to push people? Like, like how, where should people funnel? Where so should they, they still have, to go? So if they have, if they have um, candidates that they're trying to help find uh, jobs, and we are a part of uh, the Department of Labor's Employment Navigator um, pilot okay. program, so we are in, in some of the TAP classes already. Um, so, you know, connect with us. We have a whole community relations team that, that works with the bases and the schools. And, you know, um, we have one that works with candidates and state agencies. So we have a whole team ready to support um, our VSOs and, and our um, employment agencies. Um, if you're an employer, go to our website, schedule a demo so you can really get a grasp of, of how it works. Because, because it's so different, you might think you know how it works until you actually get to see it. And that's when I, I love to see the faces, um, uh, especially of our, of our employers, when they actually see how easy it is, how they can just go into the system and see the matches and just contact the matches without ever having to read one of those resumes that 
you know, resumes are subjective. Uh, yeah, I don't like this formatting. That's not the right person for me. You know, they never have to look at a resume again. They can just look at this profile, look at them for the skills. They can see any sort of degrees or certifications, but they can't. What I love is, you know, we have all this talk about DEI, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. They cannot see any demographics about this individual. They cannot see if they're male or female or anything else. They see the individual for their skills and they choose them for their skills. And they, until they unlock them, they don't even see their name. Wow. wow. What they see is the first and last initial and then a number code afterwards. So you actually have to go in there and unlock that. And then you get their name, you know, and as someone who you know, does some of the hiring and I've done hiring before, I hated looking at resumes. You know, I, I look at the cover letter and, you know, I was hiring for Department of Labor uh, Employment uh, Workshop Facilitators. So it was the, I have to really look at your cover letter, your resume. And I was looking more for format um, and some key, key content less than I was doing that because you're going to be teaching how to write resumes and that. And there's some of them like, wow, you know, you, you've got the talk, but where did you get this from? <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not going to say you know, bad things about some of the other VSOs, but some of those companies that want you to uh, work with them to get that resume, there's fill in the blank resumes out there. It doesn't speak to who you really are. And it doesn't grasp that employer or the recruiter or hiring manager who's reading it. And, and that's what we're trying to do is skill sets. I, I tell you, you know, if you have anything to do with the nuclear uh, you know, submarines or that nuclear, your skill is nuclear. And you're going to find plenty of employers that are like, yes, I want someone that knows that. And hopefully they're not glowing, but you know, <laughs> hopefully they, they've got that skill. And you know, those are things. And only if they're passionate the about it. <laughs> right. And, and again, you know, you know, is that something you want to continue to do? You know, and, and I always joke, I'm like, hey, if you're Navy nuke, uh, you're not going to be out of work very long. It's just a matter of do you want to do that work still? Uh, and again, you know, someone like me with a, I, I think it was a pretty, you know, traditional uh, route to the military is you, you go where the service needs you. You know, again, hey, I understood computers and I'm going to date myself. I came in in 92. Computers were just kind of making their way into the system. So when it came out and, hey, who knows how to use a computer? It, you know, out of 30 of us, I think only two of us raised our hand. You know, that, that was a special skill at the time. You know, I was familiar, I had it, so it worked great. You know, my brain works in policy procedures and this step to that step. So maintenance management and all the other things that are part of that position clicked. And I know other people that didn't click. Just like, you know, I'm, I'm not that guy who's going to go out there and just start solving all of your mathematical problems. I'm not it. I'm not going to be the one that's going to go out there and, and look and say, okay, this is your uh, medical condition. You know, I can tell you that's a compound fracture, but, you know, I'm not going to be able to fix it. So it's, it's, it's great that you have the passion, but passion and skills 
equal who you are and what you're looking to do. And that's what we have to get through. Too many people are transitioning out of the military uh, or falling to that military spouse role where every two to three years they quit a job and have to go find another one to do PCS. It's finding employment opportunities that they can stick with, that they'll enjoy. And, and one of the great things that, that I love about uh, our system, those military spouses that have date gaps, they don't exist. Because we're not talking about your experience you know, in a chronological order. We're talking about your skill sets. So for military spouses, you know, hey, I worked, uh, had a kid, you know, I was a, a homemaker for a while, and then I'm trying to get back in the workforce. That's really hard because employers are like, well, what did you do for these like three years? You know, and that's seen as a negative. With uh, our skills matching, it goes away. Well, and, and even I want to add, even as, you know, we've, we've had to, as military spouses, we've had to PCS so many times. And if you look at us on a resume, we're job hoppers, you know, we don't stick to anything or, you know, it used to be in the past. If you told that, told an employer that you were a military spouse, it's like, Ooh, well, you'll be leaving soon. So why would I invest in you? You know, and, and, as Bruce pointed out, that is one of the great things about not having a resume is no one can see that that I've changed jobs every couple of years because of a PCS or something. No, Bruce, I, every time we meet now, brother, I'm never going to be able to look at you and not giggle on the inside. It reminds me of that scene in Black Hawk Down where the PFC walks in and he reports for duty and the dude's behind the thing typing. And he's like, I have this strange disease where I understand a keyboard, right? Remember that scene? Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, um, speaking of, uh, uh, you know, external things, movies and stuff like that, what Jeremy and I always like to find out, especially considering your guys' background, you've, you've lived the life on the left side of the transition bang, you're living the life on the right side of it. What books or what resources have you found helpful to you? Maybe they were easy to read. Maybe they were fast read. Maybe they were easy to understand. Maybe they gave you practical, tactical tidbits that you were able to apply in your own life. You guys have any one or two things you'd share with the crowd to, to add to their reading list in the next three months, six months? I absolutely do. There's an, so there's a book called What Colors My Parachute. But more importantly, there is an exercise in there called The Flower Exercise. And I often recommend this to people that I've been mentoring to really identify what their wants and needs are in, in the future, you know, as they, they go into that civilian job market. You know, it, it has you write down, you know, what's the most important? Do you want to work from home? What do you, is salary the most important? Is family the most important? And as long as you fall within your flower, um, it'll help guide you in that civilian career. So you can focus on, you know, if I'm working 60 hours a week, is this what I really wanted to do? Uh, so I love the flower exercise. I am also a huge fan of Franklin Covey. Um, I love uh, seven habits and five choices. I live them, I preach them. Um, I, talk, I have them written on my whiteboard just to remind me, you know, take care of my big rocks. Um, those, those are some of my favorite reading materials and, and, and things that 
I would love other people to incorporate into their lives because it really focuses you. It helps with your time management. Um, just really great reading material. Yeah, good ones for sure. Bruce? And, and I'll, I'll go on, you know, since you know, Neela mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of the favorites there. I'll talk uh, a huge thing, which is everyone needs a mentor. We, we get to this point where we think we attained a certain rank. We've attained a certain level of, of you know, professional goals. But every single one of us still need a mentor. We need that person who is either championing us and, and pushing us to the next level, to continue learning and go to uh, a next step, you know, to read more. You know, it, and I'm, I'm a victim of that. I don't read a lot. Uh, but those are important things. So for me, I love veterinary. Great, great mentorship. It's a one-hour session with all the different mentors, and you can have multiple mentors at the same time. You can talk to somebody once, and that's it. You can talk to them 10, 15 times, whatever you need. And I tell everybody, not only is that great mentorship, but it's also great for informational interviews to make those connections with the smart people working at organizations or in a profession that you're interested in. Pick their brains. And once you figure out what it is you want to do, you need to go to American Corporate Partners, ACP, and you get yourself that uh, mentor who's been there, done it, and very successful, and they will help you into that industry. They will help you understand how things work, how to get your foot in the door, what things you need to be working on before you're uh, you know, transitioning out so you have the right certification, the right skills, the, you understand the lingo more. And, and for a lot of us, we, we've become very good at talking uh, the Marine Corps language, the Navy language, the Army language, the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the Space Force. But Marines talking to someone from the Air Force, a lot of what we talk about is miscommunicated because we're not speaking the same language. Now, if, if a service members can't really understand it, what everybody's talking about, because we like to call things something different because it makes us all special. Uh, when we go and transition out, we can't still talk that military lingo. Translating your skills is huge. And I will tell you, whether you're a service member, a veteran, a military spouse, uh, that adult age um, dependent, someone with a disability, we have skills among skills among skills, hard skills, soft skills, technical skills. You have to understand which ones you have. You know, give the choice to do anything you want to today. What are you going to go do? Okay, you want to go out and, and you want to go surfing. What skills are associated to surfing? What is it you need to know? One, I got to get to the beach. So I need to either understand logistics of how to get in the vehicle and go there. And that backs down to, do I have fuel? Does I have you know, space in the vehicle for the surfboard? You know, am I riding a bike? But you start talking about all those things and we're automatically thinking logistics, not even paying attention to it. Then you get out there and you have to read the waves. You know, where, where's the current? You know, it, is you can get stuck. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're doing operational and vision is right there. We do these things without even thinking about them. But as we transition, we have to think about those to really figure out all the skills we have and which ones 
we really want to focus on because you know it we can all come out here and say we can all be logisticians we can be operations manager you know a lot of people get told hey you can go be a project manager and, and people love that one and then they got to figure out okay a project manager in what industry a project manager you know what location you know am i going to travel remote am i going to stick into the construction am i going to hop into transportation and and that's where we have to go we have so many skills and options we have to figure out how they are and i squeeze them into this is my ideal situation and this is my really really close to ideal situation and work in that one instead of being the i can do anything because i've proven that over and over again because the service has asked me to you know, be a cook one day and be a leader the next day and drive a truck the, the following day. So we've done all these things. Now we have to make sure we can speak that language. And that is important. And it's such a thing that I don't think we focus enough on. And when the individuals are transitioning, it's kind of like hitting them in the face with, oh, you need to learn, you know, civilian needs. You know, you need to learn business talk in your profession. And since Bruce didn't mention a book, I'm going to name one more. Um, uh, the Happiness Advantage, which is based off of a Harvard study. And it talks about um, employers having positive, uh, positively primed um, employees and how, more, how they're more productive than if you have someone you're beating down all the time, you know, negative, negatively primed uh, employees. But, you know, as we talk about passion, we talk about that positivity and doing what you love, you know, this is all, all items that come from the happiness advantage from that Harvard study. Um, so it's a great read, especially for employers who are trying to get the most out of their employees um, and creating that environment where they're going to be the most productive. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think that's that's true. As if you're if you're happy, you're more productive, and if you're drained, you're barely going to mail it in, right? You're just going to show up, punch a clock, go do what it is that you're really trying to do. So, exactly. Yeah, and energy is renewable, right? So you can you can always renew yourself if you're doing the things that are fill, filling you. So that's that's the key. And like you said, Bruce, as well as you know, if you're doing the things you want to do, you know that that's kind of the key to happiness from. You, you could go, you talk to any expert, right? That's kind of what they're, figure out your passion. You never work a day in your life. So I like that. Doc, anything before we close up that you want to um, circle back to? Well, I would just say, you know, we've, we've really focused on skills and their importance in this conversation today with Bruce and Neela. So, um, and I think, you know, there's, there's no magic. There's no, uh, there's no easy button. You have to think about what are your skills? How do they apply? Who would care? Who needs their application? And then you can put that stuff into veterans of sin. You know what I mean? Like you got to do the noodling. What do I have an inventory of? How could that possibly help? Here's the value proposition I'm going to make. And then people will listen to you when you talk to them because you can help them solve their problems. Right. And that's really what they want. Right. It's, it's how can you help me first? Right. So um, yeah. What a, what a cool episode you guys. And I knew uh, I, I, I have been following you for years now, it seems. Um, but, you know, running into you, Bruce and Neela, the, a couple of weeks ago at Veterans Florida, man, it was just 
it was so cool to hear about it uh, in person. And, and I'm so glad that you took us up on the offer to come on the show, man. So hopefully we can, you know, get a little bit more reach for you and get folks using this thing uh, at a deeper level. Cause it's, it's revolutionary. It's AI driven, right? AI is the sexiest thing going right now, right? Uh, it's yeah, the future. Yeah. So, so check it out, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and spending a bit of time with us at the military transition Academy powered by vets to PM. If we picked your interest, but you want more details, please head over to the website vets to PM.com and see if we can help prepare you for a better tomorrow or a future meaningful and lucrative career.